sit down is with Casey Pierce. He is a uh, Nashville uh, videographer, music video director, director, video maker. Um, good guy, good guy to talk creative with. Um, has some really good, has a really good eye for uh, design and that sort of thing. Uh, also good with the technology and the tools and the uh, toys side of the video and creative stuff. Um, known him for a few years here in Nashville and then uh, kind of met him at an event randomly and then have uh, continued to cross paths with him. So uh, it was a good sit down. We kind of bounce all over the place. Ultimately, mostly probably video talk, um, but there's also some some food and health and general life stuff mixed into there also. And uh, yeah, it was a good sit. It's always good to riff with Casey. Uh, good guy. Anyway, hope you enjoy it. Here we go. thinking like I always eat chicken uh, I eat meat you know um, it's it's I get shaky if I'm if I don't you know right like my body just burns right through anything else interesting so fast I think it's pretty um, dang important to listen to your body I mean it's good I always like to check in on different healthy ideas not always but often but there's some weird thing where each individual person based on your genes and your history and your situation, some certain foods are just better for you. It seems like. Yeah. Like I could probably survive off of potatoes, nothing but. Right. Right. I think I could go along. Everybody. I think I, I think <laughs> I, I could also go a long time on potatoes that might have to do with an Irish connection. Um, I feel like my body is always okay <laughs> with potatoes. Uh, I don't even think chips mess me up that bad, you know, as long as they're relatively real chips made out of real potatoes. Yeah. But my body does tell me like you need veggies. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't eat some veggies soon, fuck you. Yeah, man. I, I mean, it's, uh, I can, there might be a day here and there where I can kind of just be running around too much or I don't have anything at the house or whatever, but, um, there's a huge difference there. And even looking into whether it's smoothies or juices or, um, I mean, there's different people that have even like different green powders that you can mix in in the morning with your drinks just to get essential nutrients and all that stuff that is a lot yeah, harder to get out of the ground these days. Recently. What's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just saying, I was, I was thinking about that recently, just starting to take vitamins or something. I've never really done that. Um, yeah. There was a short period of time where I went on this crazy diet not to lose weight or anything, but just kind of reset my body's system, my whole digestive system. Yeah. Um, like I didn't eat, I didn't eat sugar. I didn't eat starchy foods. Carbs were out, no bread. Like, uh, I didn't drink coffee. Um, just you know, do a reset. Ate, yeah. Like, yeah, man, no, no, uh, red meats. Like it was just like all fish, white meat, salads, vegetable stuff you know right um no pasta so i actually found this great way to make pasta without pasta um spaghetti squash okay yeah it mm -hmm. is so flavorful and if you make it with with the right kind of sauce um man it, it's better i'd say it's better than pasta yeah no i'm done I'm, i wait. anyway 
for me, I'll yeah. get into some pasta here and there, but um, quinoa for some reason. I mean, I've been into it, I guess, for a while, but the last six months, I've been on just a tear with it. Um, it's just cheap, stores well, throw it in the pan and with some water and some heat for a little bit, and that's really good protein that, for some reason, if I get some real butter on it and a little bit of, of uh, Himalayan salt or whatever, it's simple, but it's it feels like a good like chunk of my plate at night is full. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I eat meat, but I don't eat a ton of meat. Like I, if I don't eat meat, I don't necessarily notice. Um, there'll just be days where I really yeah. maybe crave something or if it comes across my plate, I don't, I'm fine with it. But I think that's part of the reason why maybe because the quinoa is a full protein in and of itself. So maybe that's why I've been ramping yeah. that up. But um, I'm pretty. Yeah, I don't think that yeah. we need nearly as much as we think we do. Uh, protein or meat or what? What do you? meat yeah just meat man like i've heard every meal doesn't have to have meat right well i've heard i mean i i know growing up i feel like growing up i don't know if that's a growing up in the south or growing up it just kind of depends but i did you know you used to think i used to think that way but i've heard so many debates i feel like a lot of people are i mean it's very um polarizing the meat discussion for yeah. so many different reasons the idea that we it's illegal to videotape inside the meat factories that I feel like everybody should be able to object mm -hmm. to that. That's insanity. Yeah. That, that's a pretty big red flag. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's interesting about all that though, which I'm very excited about. And I think a lot of people are off put by it. Um, but you know, growing meat in labs is the thing Yeah, that is happening now. They're doing it in Memphis, Tennessee. They're they've, they've figured out how to kind of, they're still working on it, but right. other places around the world are trying it too. Um, in fact, I saw that Japan or somebody just had their first like meat lab grown meat product hit the market, which Crazy. is super cool. Yeah. Cause you can just control it down to anything, you know, like you don't, you can just have the best cut, uh, of the meat and you don't have to worry about contamination or anything like that. It's just so exciting. Right, right. Um, I that's where my I split. I mean, it. there's there's What's a. Oh, I was just gonna say there's a legal amount of shit that can be in your beef, you know. Right. It's oh, like, definitely. I, I, I think the legal amount should be zero, <laughs> and in a lab, where the shit wouldn't even be there, there wouldn't be anywhere, for any way for shit to get in your meat yeah. in the first place. Yeah, my brain splits into kind and of two sides on no that. Suffering. Sorry, I keep jumping in. Go for it. Oh, I was just saying, and, and the animals don't ha wouldn't have to suffer. They can go live free, run around, have some fun. Yeah, you don't <laughs> have to worry about how they're being treated then. And for yeah. anybody who's overall focused on, yeah, treat them well, but also don't kill them, then that's covered also. Um, my brain goes back to like, I split in half on that, where half of me is excited for it, where I'm thinking, this is a great step. And then the other half of me is also being very skeptical or tapping the other half of me on the shoulder and saying, make sure they're doing it right. And maybe don't be the first one to try it kind of thing, you know? Um, because that's like, a, yeah. it, it reminds me of a sci-fi movie where all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, everybody's like, you know, from the inside out, the, the new meat is alive. It's a great setup. Oh, no doubt. That's, that's, and I know my body's just trying to keep me safe, whatever percentage of my brain that is, but it's also, 
the part of my brain that warns me about stuff, which can do too much of that is also very helpful for story ideas as you know, as you know. Yeah. Um, so that's a good side of it, but, um, I'm not really holding my breath on either dreams. What's that? I was, I was just saying it's like, uh, when we're, when we have dreams, say you have a nightmare or something, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like your brain playing out a scenario. So if you ever encounter something like that, you'll at least have some kind of practice run. Yeah. So like that, that hypotheticals, the coming up with hypotheticals for survival, you know, also lends well to really interesting stories. Oh yeah. Those little thoughts that obviously you don't want to be too focused on any individual one of them or get too worried all the time, but that's the kind of thing that made people think maybe we should build this, this house in the tree for a little bit and just get off the ground and get away from the lions for a little while. Or, you know, obviously I'm not a specialist Mm -hmm. on the human evolution, but, um, it's a funny double-edged sword. I've also talked to people and I felt this too, who feel like, you know, um, you gotta, that can be a very dangerous thing too. You gotta just be able to relax and not worry about, is this, is this uh, porch structure going to collapse on me? Uh, even if that is good for a short film or a, or a documentary or a film idea. But I'd love to see a big budget version of like the meat that eats you from the inside. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the more and more we, we get the experiments coming out, I think we're going to see some of it. Or I would, I would assume so. Uh, it'd be awesome to see a, a good old sea level movie and just, um, get some real practical effects going. Yeah. It's so interesting. Those sea level movies that are always like <clears throat> really, really thick, you know, societal messages sick societal messages thick as in like uh obtuse no not obtuse Mm -hmm. um okay heavy Mm -hmm. like laying it on thick you feel like the uh the meat from the inside out is alive would be able to pull that off no i was talking about c and be like horror films in general. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good metaphors for some issue in society. Yeah. And they always really are sure to point it out <laughs> in the movie. You know, they're always like super obvious about it. Right. Right. I like that though. I think it's fun. It's like, ah, you know, just putting that, that message right up front. <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of the, the power of the C movie where it's like, okay, you, some of our magic tricks, you might spot, you know, the other hand that you're not supposed to spot, or you might see the duct tape on the back of this thing. So we're just going to call this out is that this is us versus this idea. And we can all just have fun and go for it. You know, um, I was yeah. showing, talking to somebody about, uh, Ed Wood the other day and watching that trailer again. And that is just such a fun, you know, there's a few good movies about filmmakers. Um, I mean, and I guess there's a bunch, but that's one of them. It's just fun to celebrate the for better or worse of each project. Anyway, um, how's the last little while been going for you in terms of video work in, in town? It's been good. Um, just been kind of plodding right along. It hasn't been really busy the past couple months. Um, but I've had work to do. I've gotten to do a couple different things that um, 
I've been wanting to kind of branch out and did uh, like a little, I would say promotional shoot, I guess, for mm-hmm. this um, stylist company or whatever you call it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Local Honey is the name of the place. They they do hair. Yeah, I know those guys. I don't know them yeah. personally, but I know of that place. But they're really cool about like, you know, they own a company. They have this salon and, you know, independent stylists rent the chairs and work out of there. Pretty standard kind of setup for this salon world. Yeah. But they're what the company is really interested in doing is making those um, people who rent their chairs, not just, you know, uh, money in the bank, but they want to actually promote them and, and they curate their stylists and they want to have, you know, a, a direction and a brand and, mm-hmm. and they're trying to highlight these stylists and their individual, you know, talents, which is really cool. Yeah. They're like putting money into it to actually, taking some of that money they're making off of them and actually giving it back in a, in a cool way. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Shot some cool, fun, like fashion stuff in the studio and, um, just really alleviated the burden of having to direct a narrative piece or, um, you know, something that's really effects driven or something like that. It was just like make pretty images. Yeah. No, definitely more of a um, abstract or poetry style. You're creating the vibe. Everything I've seen of theirs is a yeah. is a good vibe. They seem to be aware of um, all that stuff and do a good job. And hearing that, that it's a team atmosphere there is encouraging. Also, yeah, I feel like as many gigs you can do for local, um, even if it's just going into um, a, another guy I was talking to went into a local barber shop. Uh, this was a few months ago now, but it turned out re- like a really good setup. You know, they, he got to know him and made a project for him, and now they're teammates and working on other stuff. But I mean, this is a big year That's for cool. the old for the. I mean, I don't even know. I'm sure they're doing a lot of different things. Hairstylist is one of the big ones in terms of changes for 2020 and what people have had to deal with, along with restaurants and all that stuff. But um, you know, it's pretty interesting to see it. The more local, the better. Yeah, it's almost exclusively local for me. Yeah. I get the occasional out-of-towner. Right, right. <laughs> and a good bit of, I always think about that, the space you shoot out of. And, and I mean, you. I'm sure you go, obviously I've seen behind the scenes of you on location certain places too, but uh, it's fun to see how much because that's a good sized space, but it's not epic or anything. It's not a ginormous studio. Um, no. But some of the stuff I've seen you pull off in there uh, do a good job of creating. I mean, obviously the infinity wall is that, but uh, it's fun to see whether mm-hmm. it's band setups on there or whatever. I mean, I love getting in the studio and clicking on hot lights or whatever it is and like drawing with light in a dark room. Um but I'm also, I feel like a lot more of my stuff is just running around town with a camera. Like, that's almost where I feel more comfortable. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not really a big question there. Yeah, just it's an funny. interesting thought. What's that? Yeah, it's just funny how people kind of gravitate toward their own ways of making things. I've got a friend who 
you know, he swears by the one shot and he really likes to try to set up everything he can around doing something in a single take. Um, and that's cool. I, I like that. I, I play with it occasionally, but he's really into it. And, uh, you know, he shoots really simply. It's just like camera in a hand, you know, most yeah. of the time. And I'm always like, I've, I've, I love having all the toys in the sandbox, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really want to try to get, like, the, the most dynamic, you know, three seconds that I can. Yeah. Was it uh, 1947 this last year? I don't know if you saw that film. I I, did, I saw some behind the scenes, some featurettes on it, but I didn't get to sit down and watch the whole thing yet. Um, but some of the like you know handheld up to getting it like put, having it on the back of a truck on a rig and then unhooking it handheld in the same shot. It's just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. Um, oh, are you talking about uh, the 1917? What did I say? 1947. 1970 used to like 40 something. <laughs> 1947. Um, yeah, yeah. It was really good. I enjoyed it. It was kind of like, it was almost a little boring, which is kind of crazy to say because a lot happened. Right. But, you know, and I was I was entertained. But, you know, it's just like apples and oranges. Like thinking about Saving Private Ryan or something like that. That film is just so kinetic. But, you know, you're all over the place. And it's a much bigger story, too. It's almost like when the Thin Red Line came out around the same time as Saving Private Ryan, I remember thinking in my head, you know, these are definitely two war films, but man, they are not the same thing at all. This is... No. uh, And the same thing with 1917. It's like, okay, we're doing a different thing here. It seems to be very A to B, deadline, don't get killed, go, you know? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Almost like gravity yeah. is very a... a to B deadline. Don't get killed. Go. It's like a very physical. I you know it makes sense why this is a movie. Yeah, but Saving Private Ryan is awesome, so <laughs> that works too. Yeah, it just had the scope of that movie. So incredible. It always comes to mind as the main shutter speed messing with shutter speed example. The opening of that movie is like yeah. good visual for they that. Must have been shooting that at like. They must have been shooting that at like, I don't know, 90 or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on... 70. I, I can see it. That's all oh, I know. I guess I'm thinking of a shutter angle. But. <clears throat> right. Um, um, the second I start yeah, thinking about I, it, Yeah, I actually shot something... Start... What's that? Recently, I shot, shot something, this video, and uh, I was shooting everything for this one segment in 18 frames and that was a lot of fun because it was meant to look old um, yeah and i like putting the filter on it but it, it needs to have that same kind of frame rate shutter angle thing so i kind of set my camera to be that way and it was fun it felt like i was filming like um something old while i was looking through the lens on the day you know That's yeah <clears throat> i don't think i've ever I, I never wanted to really mess with film though What's that? No, it's it's like romantic. I never really wanted to mess with film itself, like mm-hmm. like sure. that, like the actual object of film. I, I've shot one so project on actual celluloid film um, a long time ago, and that was a cool experience. But I totally get <laughs> why you don't do that. I mean, whether it's 
I mean, it's just the budget and the ease of it, really, if you're shooting something. Dude, yeah. Um, it's like, there's no budget for reshoots. Yeah. yeah. Too much mystery in the process. Like, <laughs> as, as much as I loved uh, the idea of just, like, shooting something and it felt great on set, you know, it's like you really don't know until you get that processed. Yeah, and that's that's a different like, style of Because I've been on set many times where it felt great, you know? Went to review the take, and I was like, fuck, that didn't look at all like it felt. Yeah. I mean... And I, you know, and I, I knew that, and we got to do it again, so it looked the way it needed to feel. In that celluloid project, what we, had, right. we had like a, a shot that was exactly that. Um, in real life, it looked phenomenal. And then the reality was is that um, we were just, I mean, the shot looked cool, but we were slightly underexposed. And with the background being dark, the item that we all thought stood out and looked great without enough backlight, couldn't even see it. <laughs> so that was a big yeah. learning experience. Um, but that's the point of it. Pretty much everything else I've shot yeah, on it's like digital. Just because your eyes can see it doesn't mean the camera is going to be able to. Right. Yeah. It's fun to see. Um, to see imagery behind the scenes of very, very bright setups or um, takes that are um, very well lit to the human eye. And, and um, when you're realizing that that was a setting sun shot, um, I mean, it's kind of obvious, but it's a good reminder. Light to yeah. the camera. Uh, what was mm -hmm. Romanek or Romanek or however different people say it uh, in his it should still be on YouTube or online Mirrorball documentary. They did a bunch of them on different directors, but there's like a 45 minute piece mm. on him. That is, I forget if we've talked about it before, but it is awesome. Uh, and he's talking oh, about Mirrorball. Oh, mirrorball, one word. Yeah. Like looking in the mirror and kicking a basket, kicking a soccer ball. Um, it's one of my favorite. It's my favorite music video documentary, but how many are there? So I don't know. Um, it's one of it's a great just creative and video and, and film documentary also because it goes through I don't know if it's 10 of his main music videos um, and you just hear so many juicy behind the behind the scenes things but he was when he was in the section on the chili peppers he was talking about just trying to explain I mean he's got a quote in there where he's talking about um, it really only matters what it looks like through the camera and even if you feel awkward on set that, that's okay you know you, you, don't worry about it you know how do you get that across to somebody who's your subject i got you here you can trust me it, it does yeah. look stupid uh from a human's point of view but from this angle and with this edit it's gonna look pretty cool it's gonna look like you're on a spaceship with your sister kicking ass you know um yeah <laughs> and you know i'm not even thinking specifically I don't think he had to convince Michael Jackson or Janet Jackson of anything like in terms of performance stuff. I'm, so I'm just bringing that as an example out of the air. Oh, and I'm sure that looked plenty cool on set. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> but, a great point too. <laughs> when you build those sets, that's the whole point. Yeah. But dude, actually there's a great yeah. behind the scene about that production and about that budget. There's some great like stories about him talking to the guy being like, you know, I'm kind of trying to paraphrase her quote, but do you think I'm the head of the bleeping, bleeping Bank of America? Like, are you kidding me with this budget? Um, and him trying to convince him to, this is why we got to do it this way kind of thing. It's funny. 
yeah, put it on your list mm. for sure. Sorry, I'm eating a Kit Kat. Oh no, I can't. I can't really blame you for that. I'm sponsored by them. Product placement. Boom. <laughs> Check. I had uh, maybe half a cookie, maybe the large half of a cookie, a few minutes ago. So still doing all right. I'm gonna get real close for this crunch. Yeah. Nice, mm. nice. I just got real close to the mic. If you're gonna, yeah, if you're gonna promote it, let's let's get the. Uh, if we're gonna talk about a soda mm-hmm. company, let's sound effects. I hope it didn't get like top. the juicy. I hope it didn't get like the juicy mouth sound. <laughs> yeah, you gotta it, it have a good balance of dryness. Very important, yeah, just like a truck crunch. mud viscosity. Is that the right word for it? You gotta have the right thickness here. Hey, this is a random question. It's, I'm kind of pulling you into a tech thing, but uh, I have you seen much about these M chip Macs? I don't even know if they're called that, really. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, man, and who knows if it's too good to be true? But these are some pretty interesting. Um, I try to not stick my head into computers too much. I know we talked not too long ago about it, and I was looking into maybe trying to build a new rig. Um, but mm-hmm. part of me is just thinking I don't know if I want to undertake like becoming a specialist in computer building. Um, anyway, these yeah. new things look small and tiny and um, pretty freaking capable. Yeah, Even, depends yeah. on what program you're using, I guess. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. I haven't really looked into uh, I haven't really looked into all of that. Like but. if you're using Adobe, they're not going to be for you. Right, yeah. A lot of those is going to have to be like if you're cutting on trying to do something I mean, I know a few people that cut on uh, um, Final Cut still in a professional way. I, I don't yeah. really. I mean, but I if, think that's what's optimized. Cut, right? Like, it's going to be blazing fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about uh, DaVinci on there? I guess we. I guess I think they were talking about yeah. trying to be interesting to see how that DaVinci's going to do really well. On how there, that would flow on there. Um, I don't know how well it would do on the the ones right now because DaVinci really does like to have a dedicated graphics card. Yeah. And I'm wondering if they'll put that in the, like the 16-inch MacBook Pro or something. I'd be curious. I'm just uh, I'm I'm still waiting on it. <laughs> I know. I, ha- I mean that's kind of why I bring it up is because I just dipped my head back into it in the last week or so um and or a couple weeks. Um it's always longer than you think. But uh, I was kind of surprised to see that. Adobe has been, I think, historically kind of slow to optimize their system for Macs. Yeah. I wonder where that will lead them. So far, they're hanging in there. But DaVinci is grabbing a bunch of market share, it seems like. Dude, I've been trying to learn more and more about it because it's uh, such a versatile and kind of comprehensive program. Mm-hmm. You know, because like jumping back and forth from Premiere to After Effects is not a big deal when I'm doing some really heavy lifting. But then DaVinci seems to be able to do so much, so many similar things. And it's all, you know, encapsulated in this one user interface. Which is right. Great. And it all right. seems to work really well together. So the fact that you're... Um it's great that Adobe is all teamed up and it flows well between itself, but for DaVinci, that's not even a problem or necessity because it is all just one interface. So yeah. don't worry about the flow. Then, it's all here. Like for special effects, DaVinci is interesting because of 
their node-based user interface instead of like compositions and layers because mm -hmm. all your effects are out, laid out before you you can s click on every everything is visually um you know attainable so instead of things being hidden in comps and you having to click on a comp and then look at all the effects you have on that one composition and click on that single comp you know th instead of that it's just a big desktop basically with all these nodes and li and a line you know lines connecting them all so you can just like really pick out your effects real fast so i haven't been working with it much but that's how like a lot of the professional 3d programs work as well they use a lot of node graphs mm -hmm. um and uh, it just seems to be like oh touch designer is another great example of uh like an effects program that uses node graphs and that's for like live um effects in a lot of instances you know, I'd love to mess around with the DaVinci side of it. I feel like most of my special effects have been through After Effects. Even when I was cutting on yeah, Final Cut, After Effects was still the thing. That's what I go to because it's so familiar. Right. But, you know. It's such DaVinci a cool software. It's getting more and more interesting. Yeah, man. I want to be open to it. I don't want to fight it. I mean, honestly, even if I get stuck on some... I kind of appreciate having to deal with any type of editing software. There, I have a certain like respect or fondness or interest in all of them just because I appreciate that they're in the mix. But um, i got one buddy that does live event video work and seems to be kind of a specialist in that area. I have not, though. I haven't done... I mean, I've, do, I've shot live events, but I have not been putting on effects or visual presentations or anything like that live. Mm. pretty fun yeah, stuff that's right? a, yeah it, it sounds really interesting I I haven't uh, been too into that it's so technical yeah I'm still I usually learn what I have to based on some idea I had and promised someone else I could do yeah <laughs> no I think that's kind of the way I don't know that's at least one of the most fun ways to do it where you are um, necessity based learning I feel like I kind of double my focus or my absorption in those scenarios yeah i get too lost sitting around talking about theories and yeah it's a great i mean it's awesome processes in the abstract uh-huh i think a lot of creative people like to talk about i mean it's just fun to talk about the art form but that can become a substitute for actually going out and doing stuff obviously too you feel like you got a lot done but it was all just opinion sharing yeah it's kind of like watching youtube videos on how to do do something you know and it's like you can watch all the videos but then if you don't actually like do any of the activity part of it then it's almost just like going to be swimming around in there yeah and you might be layering on idea after idea after idea which kind of makes them all muddled up and then you kind of forget them in a fog and you end up thinking i don't really know what to do as opposed to trying to pick one or two things you're working on and try to, mm -hmm. you know, use each one to push you in one area. I mean, whatever works, I guess. But I have to remember that. I have to tell myself that too. It's like when I'm trying to learn something new. It's like you have to. I keep, you know, sometimes I just get too distracted. I'm like trying to hop to from foot to foot, 
And it's like sometimes I just have to carve out a full day and just be like, this is all I'm responsible for today. Mm-hmm. Is learning this thing. Yeah, simple pressure off. I'm like that too with, you know, just letting my brain focus on if I can one thing for half the day or one thing for the full day. If I can block out a few days, awesome. Transitioning my brain into a new idea or a new topic mm-hmm. um, always costs me some focus. But either way, it's uh, fun to learn, empowering. Do you feel like this year with the video, I mean, it's not like... You're talking about rambling arts or being, I know you're talking about watching YouTube videos, which speaks more to like maybe the 2020 isolation side of things, but the rambling art side of it or talking about the creative side, um, are you still, have you felt like a dearth of just thoughts because you're not interacting with as many random people or video people in the last few months? Are you still feeling like you're staying pretty well connected in terms of like, I don't know if there's a huge video or film community in Nashville. I mean, it's building, but there's always people that some of them for me are in other areas too. So a 2020 mm-hmm. change won't really affect that relationship too much, but does that even change anything for you or not so much? Uh, not really. I mean, I feel like I've already kind of lived in quarantine. I don't, um, I don't interact with that many people outside of getting shit done. Yeah. Uh, I spend most of my time like planning or doing post work, you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like it, 10% of it is talking about ideas. And you can still get that accomplished no matter what's going on. Sometimes the, even, the, I mean, that sometimes the isolation or the shutdown side of things is kind of easier to focus. I, f- I think I can relate pretty easily to what you're saying where even when things are normal I might find periods where I'm just kind of focused on a thing and going to work on this and going to work on that um, can be easy to miss or not be catching up with everybody as much but yeah I miss it I mean I really enjoy that uh, I would like it to be a bigger percentage in my life yeah I think it's easy when I'm younger to be aware of there's all these peers around all the time as you get older and more focused in your field. It's cool the internet can connect you with somebody in Canada that you can relate to, and that's nice. But um, I definitely dig the, like, the Salute Your Shorts night was a cool community, uh, is a cool community event in terms of local people getting together and sharing video, so, mm-hmm. video stuff. Yeah, so. really, really looking forward to that happening again. Yeah, getting moving on that. Need need more of that. I'm just curious. Plus I finally made a short film. You did? Yeah. Have I, have you mentioned this one to me? And the, I know the music video was the, uh, not the music video, but one of your music videos was the prosthetic suit you guys built. That wasn't a short film, though, was it? Oh, the Bigfoot thing. Yeah, well, that was for a music video, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know the um, short film was like a little horror short that I filmed in my basement. Okay. How'd it go? What's the story? A couple of, it went well. I, there was uh, Road Microphones was having a contest, and I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll make one, you know? Yeah. Um, it had to be three minutes long, and I wrote like a three-page script thinking, 
erroneously that three pages meant three minutes, um, mm-hmm. but <laughs> not in a suspense horror short. So I have to recut it. It needs to be like four minutes probably. Yeah. I, there's no room uh, to build any suspense and I didn't have time enough to work on the sound. Right. Um, I mean, the, the, the very first cut was what I sent to the contest because I thought I had an extra 24 hours, but the deadline when it was in an Australian time zone. So, uh, I was actually like 18 hours short, short. (laughs) I actually filmed something too, uh, on a green screen, like the monster scene, like two hours before it was due and cut it in like did the little nice you know composited it so fast oh my god but it was cool it felt it was fun to like get people together and we were all you know working together had a great day shooting and um i had the experience of like waking up in a cold sweat when i realized that the time zone was in australia right (laughs) but i still made the deadline i felt like that um emboldened my heart yeah, when you click into go time mode, and it's like a different mindset for sure. Yeah, pop like a half an Adderall. Just get moving. And, uh, Three cups of coffee. No, that wouldn't do it, man. That would just make me like jittery and have to pee every fifteen minutes. <laughs> this is gonna. But I don't. I, you know, I don't even. I have. I usually like, if I come across an Adderall, I'll just have. I'll ask if I can have one. You know. Right. And. uh and then I just put it on my desk and it just sits there for, you know, sometimes months. <laughs> and then every now and then there's that time and I'm like, all right, baby, crack you in half, get some work done. <laughs> yeah. Energize. <laughs> you know, we're under that hot deadline. Um, that's, that's, you know, that's a miracle of drugs. It's too bad that people get, go overboard with it. Yeah. I've heard some, um, uh regular irregular use i think is what i've heard people talking about some scary like psychological stuff but i don't know enough about it in mm. terms of like regular ongoing use or irregular rare use you know mm-hmm. but focus yeah. in i like like a very occasional it's the same thing with like mushrooms right the psychedelic like, side I'll of eat mushrooms every now and then i don't i never really like went over the top with it i just like you know every now and then every i would say six to nine months i get a craving to go on a little trip do a little bit of a thought reset maybe or dude totally man i feel like every time i do it uh there's a little revelatory moment that comes along with it right right yeah there's something on the psychedelic side of things in terms of um just the learning process or it reaching back into decades and decades and centuries of like spiritual shamans getting involved in this. Um, I feel like the mushroom side of things, even now as they're researching more for that with depression and PTSD, it's pretty fascinating stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I can't believe it, but Colorado, Colorado uh, decriminalized it. They might, they may have even just legalized it. I think they just fucking legalized it. uh, Right. Colorado, Colorado, you're saying Colorado, Colorado just did. Yeah, I think they legalized psilocybin. Okay, specifically. I might have heard that, but it definitely wasn't on the front of my brain. Oh yeah, they did. They definitely did. I was in England forever ago, and 
saw what I thought was a sign for psilocybin mushrooms, and somebody confirmed <laughs> that it, they were legal there at the time. So I never really looked into that. But that I mean, was a surprise. That was a while ago. Uh, in England, I just can't believe it's taking this long. But I also can't believe it's happening at the same time. I don't know what they call that emotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, life. I mean, the reality of, of emotions, the dance. I mean, I kind of tend to be, I do lean into the, I guess that would be the more libertarian side on that topic where I'm like, I don't know, just it's your own personal choice in terms of the politics or in terms of the how much taxpayer money are we putting into stopping you from this stuff. I guess I wouldn't really be encouraging everybody to be doing all these different drugs, but in terms of us paying to force them not to or paying to imprison them if they do, that's that's one of the ones that I'm kind of just like, you know, I can't, it's hard to get on board with. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I don't know if I do a full-on go for prison it. money into... What's that? Put the money into education and rehab yeah. maybe, right? That's what I'm talking about, yeah. That seems way better. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, there's Preventing nobody on this. On this ounce of prevention. Yeah. What? Say that again. An ounce of prevention. Yeah. Um, there's it's nobody worth on a pound of cure. Right. Right. Um, there's also nobody on this call who's directly benefiting from people um, not getting healthy, but instead becoming a lifelong client of different medicines. You know. So that's the other side of it. Yep. We don't have to necessarily solve that whole thing tonight. <laughs> I don't have any lobbyists' phone numbers, so I don't really know how to so get the ball what rolling. Are we, what are we doing here then, Hans? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I just make promises, man. And then when, <laughs> when you show up, I just ask you questions about the new iMac. <laughs> just like, hey, I got about 45 oh, minutes the... to change the world. Where, are, are you free? What's that? <laughs> well, on, on a different topic, since we're not going to be solving the world's problems tonight uh yeah. i went to see tenet in the movie theater sick uh, when it came out yeah how did um, it go what it you was think? good i enjoyed it i enjoyed even though the it was like a crappy movie theater because like all the good ones are closed mm -hmm. you know we had to go like to the outskirts we were the only people in the place and uh actually there are a couple more people around but they were like it's so far away it was great mm -hmm. anyway um and this it was super uncomfortable chairs and everything but it was just so good to be in those shitty chairs yeah so i love nice. a crappy movie theater man it just just you know by comparison it's like i'm tired of being on my couch i'm tired of staring at the little ipad and just the you know big sound big screen big spectacle you know yeah. people complain about like ah Christopher Nolan, he's just like all spectacle now. It's like, yeah, but what else do you want him to do? You, you <laughs> can't make like art films every time. He's having fun. Like people are throwing money at him, and he's gonna puts and he's putting it on the screen. Yeah. I mean, he's. I don't know. I I I may I may be missing those people, but I'm saying that dude is one of the few guys fighting for the survival of theater exhibition. So thank mm -hmm. goodness he's aware of the spectacle, and and I would have to like get in on on them in terms of thinking. It's not just spectacle. That dude's packed with ideas, and packed with yeah. emotional moments. I mean, Inception 
has very emotional moments and is an amazing concept. Interstellar is an amazing concept and has mm-hmm. unbelievable emotional moments. I, I would say Tenet is void of most of those emotional moments. Interesting. So that so the discussion you're talking about is that's why I'm ignorant to it is because I haven't seen Tenet yet. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you you brought up a really good point though. Yeah. Like that's kind of what was missing. Interesting. From Tenet. Yeah, man. But I mean, when it you're was telling a high concept film and it with a with great spectacle, and I enjoyed right. myself, and I think it was worth the price of admission. You know, and it's like when I go to the theater these days, most of the time, it's for spectacle, and I'm a movie lover. Right, you know? right. Like I love all kinds of films, but I don't really need to see two people talking for two and a half hours on a big screen. Right. The Meyerowitz or Meyerowitz stories is a great film, I think, but that doesn't demand that you go and see Ben Stiller and um, Adam Sandler and and those guys kind of doing dramatic comedy uh, in different houses, you know, in different living rooms. Yeah. Still definitely watchable. I mean, I Heart Huckabees is awesome, but yeah, I don't need to run to the theaters to see it. Um, I just, when I saw the Tenet trailer. Man, that was a great movie. Huckabees. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's one of the ones where I'm just like, how? Well, now I don't know necessarily if it does get made, at least not on that scale or budget or with that many eyes on it, maybe. But how did you come up with this idea and put it in a movie? I mean, that is that's Inception, too. How did he come up with this idea and make it into a movie? That's Eternal Sunshine. There's a few movies where you're just like, this is amazing that you made this filmable, you know? Mm -hmm. But. Anyway, yeah, well, Sam, when I saw... Did Andy Kaufman... Did Andy Kaufman write... Um, Charlie, yeah. Or Charlie, I'm sorry. Andy Kaufman's a comedian. Oh, yeah, no, I got did you. Did Charlie Kaufman... He, did he write Eternal Sunshine? Mm-hmm, yeah. I think... Right, it, I think directed it. Yeah, I think Gondry um, and, and or another guy had an idea and threw it, had the idea vaguely and threw it to Kaufman, which, um, you know, he pulled off one of the most amazing screenplays that movie is amazing to me it's ridiculous yeah you know charlie kaufman man he sure does make movies that i want to watch once if he say that again if he does he really makes movies that i want to watch once oh interesting they're they're just so sad well yeah when he becomes a director make me deeply sad uh anomalisa did you ever see that one the puppet animation i never saw that one uh, huh. that that I mean when you when you talk about a movie that's so sad you only want to see it once it's such a cool concept but oh my gosh the trailer's pretty uplifting and the movie is a heartbreaker I feel like when he directs he def- when it's him directing himself as a writer it's definitely sad when he writes for somebody and has to hand it off I feel like a lot of times apparently maybe either them together or that director brings in some some bounce to it or whatever you might say uh, or asks for more yeah. I mean, he he goes hard. Eternal he gets right to the heart. What's that? Eternal Sunshine was still sad, though. Oh yeah, definitely sad. I've, I watched that more than once, though, just because it was so brilliantly filmed. Mm-hmm. Well, I I feel like I can. I really love the structure of movies in terms of story, and so, and not only that, but like some movies, I kind of go. I've definitely gone crazy with in terms of rewatch and I think Eternal Sunshine is one of those ones where I'm getting to a point now where mm-hmm. I don't know how many times it's been um, yeah <laughs> but I'm cool with that there's a maybe there's 10 or 
15 movies like that where like the graduate or no country for old men or whatever where you just go off you lose track oh, of how many man. times dude yeah no country classic i remember being in the theater i've said this before but i remember being in the theater when that movie ended and like half the audience was like let out this gush of happiness and the, and I, I also heard people cursing like i heard half the audience in releasing disgust it was pretty amazing over no country for old men over the ending yeah when then when when uh when the credits rolled and everybody realized that was the end of the movie i like felt this split oh, in so the funny. room <laughs> uh, which i loved yeah it's a great great thing yeah dude i love i love stories that end like that i mean i feel like there's this writer i did, you know i'm not a super well-read person but i did go through a phase of reading these haruki murakami books and he would always he was always ending things with uh, just real kind of like, you know, just uh, of like no resolution whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and I always loved that. I don't know why. It was just because uh, it was almost like I got to take the ride out of the book into my own life. You know, I just got to keep thinking and about the story. Yeah. Um, and it didn't make me like, it didn't punctuate it for me. It just... And it, and it just made me think about it even more. Yeah, man. Think about all the things that happened throughout the book uh, instead of my mind just wrapping it up in a tidy little bow. I think if that's done right, that's awesome. The old bleed into your reality. Because movies I watch do that. I think almost more of the books I've read will do that, melt into my own memories to some degree. I've talked to friends about that, you know, that a lot of these things mm, you experience yeah. kind of your body a lot of times can lose track of was I actually, I mean, your mind knows I read that, but your body's like, I don't know, man, I, we experienced that. Um, and I think because it's, maybe it's cause it's my visuals in a book, but no, I'm a big fan of that. I mean, sometimes I, I can go both ways on it in terms of when you wrap it up and you made a statement that is a good question for me, I think then I can have a bow mm -hmm. on it and take it into my life. But if you, if you're coming yeah. up with a story and you want to leave it open, like you're saying, uh, or not quite punctuate it that that does a similar thing i think well i think like this the uh no country for old men part of me thinks that like tommy lee jones actually got killed in that hotel room oh interesting and he's he's narrating from beyond uh -huh. you know? and he's living out his heavenly life in his in his soul right <laughs> almost like uh, american beauty free. meets the lovely bones or something like that where you're getting a yeah, yeah post death yeah that's funny my brain keeps it pretty straight in terms of the metaphysical maybe that's because the movie doesn't let you though honestly with the final scene when he goes into the hotel room it forces you to get abstract when you see sugar looking at the blown out lock in the reflection of Ed Tom. And then he goes mm -hmm. in there and the window's locked and they, and there's nothing that happens that, I mean, I feel like it's hard to get out of that scene without, as a viewer making your brain go into a metaphysical explanation. Right. Yeah. That just makes me think like that's where his story ended. Right. No, I get it. That makes sense. Tom, Tommy Lee's. Yeah. I think my brain decides respectfully and knowing that I'm not McCarthy or the Coen brothers, like, um, 
that that point is a little mystery they leave open to tell you that, like, I've, I've, you know what I think it is? I think actually, even as I'm saying it, I think it, the mystery or metaphysicalness of that moment bleeds into the idea of Shigur. The fact that he himself is a ghost. And when, even the, one of the first times that Llewellyn sees him is even at night in a dark window reflection. It's like he's this ominous figure and he's he symbolizes evil just ambiguously it reminds me of murdoch from a guy where the guy just got away always mysteriously anyway i don't know it's a fun i mean that's why the movie's so fun because you can go a few minutes into three yeah. or four different ideas but i still end it with well, like literal what's that hard to peg oh, i said like everything about him is hard to peg mm-hmm. like what what's his accent what's his hairstyle what's his personality yeah, you know, like everything about him is just kind of like not quite anything. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Don't we don't understand it. it, and that's the point of the movie. I mean, goodness gracious, it's so good. You just, yeah, you can't unless you're making a movie about how you can't really stop evil, and a guy's overwhelmed and confused by it then it's hard to pull off an ending where you don't really stop evil and you let the main character not be a hero. But, of course, they pulled it off. Yeah. Man, he's he's been he's the best movie villain. He's up there. He's got to be like top five movie villains. Yeah. I like him in that more than I did the 007. I mean, he did a good 007 bad guy. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's one of the but best. But Shigur was just the character, man. Don't put it in your pocket. The dialogue. Ugh. <laughs> just just a little interactions with people the guy at the gas station what yeah. time do you close uh round dark well we're about to close right now what right time do you close around dark you don't know what the fuck you're talking about do you <laughs> <laughs> why would you be coming back then we'd be closed yeah <laughs> 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 No, it's so good. They're they're so good with their little characters. You know, the lady uh, later on who's like, "Did you not hear me?" You know, she doesn't realize she's <laughs> yeah. standing up to this crazy murderer. Oh man, yeah, yeah, she was great. Ca- the I ability can't to reach that uh, information. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suggest you calls work. <laughs> Uh, I mean, all of them. He's got two, it's got two double beds. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, can, can you imagine having that reach on your casting? You know, like whenever I see movies with like a group of kids, uh, you know, you always hear stories about how they reached everywhere to find the right people. But how fun would that be to, uh, or like Freaks and Geeks style, where where Judd Apatow is just reaching into all across America for some just powerful faces. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Coen Brothers work with so many similar people, but then I wonder how many people they test out for the other roles that they didn't just, like, already know they were going to give to this one or that one. Yeah. I guess everyone's casting calls like. What's that? It's probably just, like, agent to agent. Right? I'm sure it's a million different ways depending on the role. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I just wonder if, like, the Coen Brothers sit down in a room with the casting agent and have like all these parade of famous people come through and read or if it's more like um you know like they make a tape and the agent sends them the tape or whatever yeah i'm curious about that part I can, of the process i can see it going a bunch of different ways i would guess at that level if you're reaching out for 
Clooney, then you, it's either, a, yeah, I guess, I'm guessing, I, I would think it's either do you want the role or not because you've seen him work so much. Right. But then I can also see a lot of actors who are legitimate saying, for the Coen brothers, I'll audition for sure. What do you need? Yeah. You know, I'll do yeah. whatever. But I would think that. I'll do it and I'm not even an actor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see. I'll go in there and embarrass myself just so I can meet the Coens. Yeah, are you kidding? That would be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's when I look at dudes like him and Wes Anderson, they get these crazy casts for low budget films. Similar, even with John Favreau and Chef, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. you got good relationships with actors and you do really good stories. And so, I mean, I'm not looking at the budget immediately in terms of how these people are getting paid, but. You're definitely packing some stars. Robert Downey Jr., you know, making a tiny little role appearance in Chef. I feel like that's a relationship move, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, from all their Iron Man days. Yeah, totally. Um, same, Maybe same with Scarlett Johansson, you know. But either way, mm-hmm. it's fun to watch. Oh, this is a random thing. I'm a uh, big fan of John Favre, just, you know, not just, but started off with swingers back in the day um and i didn't I know in high school i watched the shit out of that movie oh, i related yeah. to john favreau's character so hard I, oh yeah i've definitely embarrassed myself calling a girl so many times leaving fucking messages like an idiot. <laughs> it's one of the best <laughs> scenes ever oh my god it was the cringiest shit ever but it's also so funny and then she answers and he does the Especially tone of voice it's very positive like oh hey you know yeah great oh my god yeah so good <laughs> yeah man i gotta watch that again i haven't seen that in years oh yeah oh it's definitely <laughs> worth a rewatch uh vince vaughn crushes obviously Your money baby and you yeah. don't even know it so good uh cameraman even the cameraman was crying i mean not so much for my performance i think he had his own things going on but ser- still you know <laughs> um, anyway, what I was saying was he, I just realized that there were three made for TV movies that Favreau technically directed back in the day um, that I can't even find and really hardly anything on. Um, they were, I think a lot of them were pilots ultimately that didn't go. So they just got considered uh, made for TV movies and maybe I'm being a little bit ignorant there, but this is in connection with Judd Apatow. This is in connection with Sarah Silverman. I mean, it's crazy, some of these names Mm. on these projects. Um, So I'm just putting that out there, maybe just to spread the word to the universe, because I would love for somebody to figure out how to find that footage. It'd be so interesting. Huh. Favreau, I mean, he's also playing a clown on a Seinfeld episode. It's pretty interesting. That's something that jumps out at me. I recognize his voice. Um, it's fun to see yeah. a lot of these guys and girls that are, you know, doing some, doing whatever it takes um, in terms of work focus early in their career. What was that follow-up film from Swingers? Made? Oh, it was Made. Yeah. Yeah. They get involved with some gangsters on accident or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, 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 it's not as good as Swingers to me, but I still think that's a hilarious movie. Yeah, I remember thinking it was funny, I, but I can't remember the, the plot at all. Uh-huh, it's two buddies that are kind of lightly connected to the mob, and they're trying to get made. Um, ah, yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. P. Diddy's in there. Vince like Vaughn's this. arguing about aperitif and digestifs and all this stuff. 
Mm. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Anyway, you know, you reminded me, I'm, I'm going to, even though you were talking about how good it is to get into the theater, I might, not, I think Tenet's coming out streaming, so I'm going to have to try to set up a projector setup and do a home theater um, visual on it. I'll have to let you know what how it hits me. Yeah, it's fun. It's such fun. I mean, especially from a technical filmmaking point of view, it's like so fun to watch and think about. Um, I almost, you know, I, I tended to get even distracted by that a bit because it was so fun, like yeah. watching how they film stuff and thinking about how they did it and really just pulling that all apart and uh, totally not think about the story anymore. Right. I can understand it. I, I don't think I'd ever seen, and I'm not even a, I don't really care about people that are like, I've never seen this or never before done because I don't really buy into that usually. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, footage in the same shot where this is in f regular and this is in reverse, that's pretty amazing. So I'm excited to yeah, it's cool. dive in. It's kind of like I follow these, some Instagram accounts where people are, you know, always working on some new visual effect and uh, they're always doing some cool stuff. And I love flipping through those things and watching them. It's I'm not a, saying that that's what Tenet is, but. but right, right. <laughs> no, but it's a big part pleasure. of it. I mean, I love that stuff. That to me is almost like the, you know, it can be dangerous too, because if all I all my brain is focused on is is these tricks, then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I need to have a story or an idea, so that I can mm -hmm. call upon tricks. If I'm starting with all these tricks, what am I doing here? Sometimes that works, but I can yeah. kind of get myself. Into I have my... a feeling Tenet might be one of those movies that you know. Well, it's definitely going to be one of those movies that you watch again and a new layer is peeled back and yeah, you cool. see you know, something you didn't see before. I have a feeling that, you know, that will happen for many watchings. Yeah. I believe it. I'd believe it for sure. Yeah. Right on, man. But I've never gone back to really like, Oh yeah. 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 What time is it? <laughs> What's oh, that? Shit, we've been talking for an hour. We've been talking for an hour. Yeah. And I don't know that, that tone of voice kind of leads to a, a wrap up, but I'm not running out the door or anything. I was just, I can find myself talking. No, I'll talk good, movies for 45 minutes about different things that I need to go see in theaters. Yeah, I'm the same way. Well, clearly, I don't get to talk to many people. <laughs> this is the year for it. And, yeah, <laughs> it's like, and like I said, I, I, I have been Zooming with people more. What's that? But I have been doing Zoom calls with people more. Yeah. Just, you know, um, in lieu of being able to talk with people face to face. Because even though I still like, I don't, even before quarantine, I didn't, wasn't super social. Yeah. I would still go out and see people from time to time. I mean, this year's just been nuts. Yeah, man, even going out into the much. town and just mingling, even if you're not in, interacting directly with individuals, I think is can wake me up and can be good too. So I feel you. Yeah. I mean, I go to the coffee shop every day just to get my coffee. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not going to sit down and have a conversation with those people. Right, right. It's a different. Uh, that's a different customer if, to make if the cuss if the coffee guy's like asking <laughs> if you want to go to a movie after your shift or the guy buying coffee for me <laughs> yeah i don't know how he take it yeah yeah i do kind of i love that arms not arms length in a negative way but the places that i regular uh those relationships are hold like a special place in my heart yeah the people you see on the regular and you just try to be respectful and get their product and give them their money and be on your way mm -hmm. yeah it's like the best thing you can do yeah 
Just don't cause them trouble. Yeah. Right. Right Fluidity. On. What's that? Oh, just yammering. <laughs> what's your it's story? Good talking with you, man. Yeah, man. What's your story the next uh, couple weeks? Are you kind of going to lay low for holiday? Or are you going to try to get things moving? Are you? I know a lot of people creatively kind of slow down for the next few weeks, but what's your story? Yeah, uh, I've got a shoot on the 27th, so I've got to get that figured out. 27th, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's the opposite of what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, it's it's funny. That's how it goes, you know? Yeah, it is. Like, I I had plenty. I had plenty of time last month. uh, Right. I could have been working on anything. I often find myself working on off days and taking on days off too. I feel like it's hard for me to get in the rhythm with everybody on every holiday. So, um, I mean, if you got an opportunity, go for it. How big is a shoot, or what's the story? Yeah. Oh, it's it's small. Just the artist and yeah, uh, nice. an actress and um, and maybe one or two people uh, helping me out. Cool. So, should be right. chill. Right on, man. Well, good stuff and power to you on it. Yeah. And it is good to riff for a little bit. Same thing. Thanks. I'm like looking down at the clock, realizing we're a good chunk of the way in. And yeah. Yeah. It's definitely fun to check in, whether it's what what visuals have you been seeing or what projects are out there. Uh, I do want to continue when things are more in person and everybody's interacting more. Keep trying to gather some of those video and film people, even if it's not that often. But more to come on yeah. that as as things change, I guess. Cool, man. Well, let me know if you ever want to do it again. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for sitting with me for a bit and uh, power to you on it. Of course. Uh, we'll keep talking. Yeah. Awesome, thanks, awesome. dude. I'll send you some uh, some sound that doesn't have you on speakerphone in it. Perfect. Yeah, the headphones. I'm wondering, uh, I got you on a, um earbud from my phone into my ear and then the headphones over my ears so it's definitely not comfortable but it hasn't Mm. really been bothering me too much up until now yeah i haven't been able to hear myself i i I look at my levels every now and then i think i did okay yeah i think we're we're probably it's not the hardest setup not too bad um yeah i would like to get to a point where i throw this up onto like a zoom call too because then if the audio is good enough then i could stick it up through there but that's a whole another technical conversation and I don't know. I got better oh, yeah. mics. I have Do better like XLR mics. Or something. Yeah, yeah. There's something nice about that. But I have better uh, XLR mics than I have like uh, USB mics and all that. So Converters, Hans, they are out there. <laughs> well, power to you, man. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you have any other thoughts or even any holiday Thanks, stuff. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll keep chatting up. All right. Well, have a good holiday. Where are you going, by the way? I'm not going anywhere. Going yeah, to I'm going to, I might, uh, my sister's coming in town. And so I might try to, we're going to line up some family when she comes in, maybe this weekend. And then for actual Christmas proper, I'm going to probably just be laying low um, at my pad, not doing a big thing. Um, see a small nice. group of, of close people, but not doing any traveling. Um, I would assume if you're shooting on the 27th, you're not trying to get, you're not trying to do a shuttle run to any neighboring city, right? 
Well, I am. I'm going to Kentucky. Okay, so that's not too far, I guess. But I'm still wrong. No, no, it's like an hour away. Yeah, yeah. I forget how close we are to Kentucky. Easy. That's crazy. Uh, yep. Last that's year right I ran there. out to Knoxville. Get a little bit into the nature, the East Tennessee woods. Oh yeah. I was out there. Good nature there. Yeah. I hear they got good nature. I went hang gliding near there. Whoa. Okay. Um, it was I, actually in Georgia, just down over the border, but it was it was so cool. So yeah. Cool. That's the place to do it. I mean, you got to avoid the uh, mountains. I'm not a hang gliding specialist, but I know that's a big part of it is not running into the mountains and trees. Yeah. Um, or unhooking yourself. We were doing tandem. Tandem. Okay, I got you. That's crazy, man. I never even thought about that. I mean, I, some people, at least in my brain, I've had that conversation of the skydiving, but the hand gliding, I guess, I don't even know. It's one of those things where I've seen, but my brain hasn't really ever realized that it's a real thing. Is that the best way to oh, say it? Man. Really well, ever realize it's a real thing? Hang gliding is the best. I've oh. done skydiving, and that was a lot of fun, but it's like so short-lived. Yeah. Um, but hang gliding is just like, the most like being a bird, I guess. Sure. Because you're just hanging underneath that wing and you pull yourself forward and you dive down. You push yourself back and you go up yeah. and you shift yourself this, you know, to the left and you bank left. It's just so intuitive. Uh, such a cool, smooth experience. Like yeah. they actually tow you from the ground. Like a kite? Like, you know, those little ultra lights. I don't think you so. You know what ultralights are? They're, they're ultralight aircraft. They're basically flying lawnmowers. Okay. Um, but they tow, they tow you up with one of those. They attach a line to your hang glider, get up to speed, and then they you know go in a circle until you're at the right altitude. And right. then you know whoever's on the hang glider, whoever's responsible party, they unhook it, and you just float. That's, man, it's just a beautiful thing. I mean, you don't have the velocity terror of the free fall. And you don't have the engine right. of the prop plane or whatever, so I can imagine that it's a pretty relaxing experience. It's just silent, yeah. Yeah. That part of my brain I mean, that I was referencing earlier is definitely going to be like, okay, let's triple check these straps real quick. Let's throw an extra strap on here so we don't just do mm -hmm. a fall disconnect. But once you kind of get the hang Dude, of it, I saw I a video of somebody who didn't get strapped in. And they ended up hanging on by one hand all the way down the mountain. They oh, almost died. Gosh. Yeah. It happened in like, you know, some Central American country, or maybe it was, well, I don't remember where it was. but. Well, that's like watching, um, I know I can't remember the name of it. Is it Tiger King? Uh, earlier in the year, that was all over the place. And one guy doesn't have, not to speak Oh, the documentary, much, yeah. Yeah, not to be too much of a spoiler, but one guy doesn't have legs. And I just, you know, I'm not really watching, but I'm watching over somebody's shoulder, checking in and out. So I'm just assuming it's because of a tiger incident. Um, but then they ask him <laughs> what happened, and he, he's like, well, it was a, um, well, now I'm forgetting the freaking, uh, what's the zipline uh, accident, he says very nonchalantly. And I'm like, oh, great. That kind of shut down ziplines for me a little bit. Oh, man. But I guess as long as you zip know the company. Are fun, though. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing is ziplines. Rope swings, all that stuff are top of the list. Those are great. Uh, I just don't want to hear some guy relax, uh, calmly telling me he lost his legs on one. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you watch that? Sorry, I'll let you go after this, but now did you good. watch that Adventure Park documentary? No, I haven't. About that New Jersey water park? I'm going to have to put it... Yeah, where like you were saying that um, people ha had like te found teeth in embedded inside the rides. Yeah. Because people were like smacking mm -hmm. their face and... Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I'm glad you reminded me actually. Talk about.